All right, ladies and gents, kings, queens, things, everyone, and everybody in between. I am Lee from the D, complete with Put yourself out, girl. I'm at Fashionably Now, if you want to follow me on Insta. And this is Reality Rewind. So I'm going to preface this by saying you niggas are getting an earful of ASMR because I am drinking a whole bottle of wine. And I'm eating the charcuterie from, I'm not going to fill in those blanks. But I'm drinking scotch and I just finished Cheetos. So that's my life. So uh, I'm also hiring a babysitter as we speak. So here we are. We we are multitasking black people. Mm -hmm. It might be multiple streams of revenue, but it's multiple things at least happen. At least (laughs) stuff is going on. So y'all are going to hear me full ass crunch because so I got soprasada, some hard salami, some smoked salmon, um, apricot preserves, strawberry preserves, a couple of um, cranberry, uh, a sunflower sea salt biscuits, uh, some rustic bread and some rosemary olive oil crackers as well and some cheese. Bitch, you got a whole little setup going on, huh? Bitch, let me tell you. I was trying to look, girl. I was going to seduce this nigga with food and break him. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> um, and that break him was with consent, by the way. I just Very much so. make that known. But yes. You know, the the old the old ladies used to say, uh, what's the easiest way to a man's heart is through his stomach? Well, I wasn't looking for his heart. It was a little bit more south and back. So, <laughs> and if you catch it before the food is digested, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And we are back for <laughs> part two of the vow slash seduced. <laughs> so last week we attempted to try and dig deep into the vow but it was just so much um that we ended up having to make it a two-parter also also because um the show seduced fills in many of the blanks i'm sorry y'all which i only watched three of the four that was enough because the fourth one was so the fourth one is essentially where the last episode of the vow ends. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it was very much so a doozy. Sorry, I'm just it trying was. to pull my notes up real quick. Um, seduced gives far much more detail. It, it. it fills in a lot of the blanks because of the people mm-hmm. who are kind of going through what is going on. Like it, it very much feels on a lot of the lines. I think when we left off, we initially had the very end, I had asked you the question of, especially now watching Seduced, mm-hmm. in regards to Allison Mack, where does the line of, where is the line of victim and perpetrator? Yeah, and it's like, I think for me, and remember, I hadn't watched Seduced at at the time we recorded the last episode. I didn't watch it until after, right? So for me, 
I think that Allison Mack is one of those interesting cases where it's like she's victim and perpetrator simultaneously. Like there is really no line there because it's like as much as she's the victim of Nexium and Kiefer Neary and everything else, she's very much also the perpetrator of those same things. And her crimes, for lack of a better word, comes out of her victimhood. That's if that makes any sense. Yep. So it's I like, feel like these are all things that Allison Mack had experienced previously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she They're just kind of that- because she thought this shit was normal, that mm-hmm. it just she kind of just perpetuated the system because this had become the norm for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I told you niggas, I'm having a full ass meal. I'm That's sorry. fine. I hope that none of y'all are like one of the, those people that like can't stand to hear people eat because my bad, but I mean, when we get done, I'm going to the bodega to get a charcuterie myself because now you got me want one. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. There's nothing like charcuterie after drinking a bottle of wine, <laughs> especially I mean, I, after you've made an ass of yourself on the internet live. I've been drinking scotch, and you know it is what it is. This edible gonna kick in at any point, so. Oh, but you're gonna get the munch ease. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the wild thing is, I really don't get the munchies like that, but. Bitch, I'm about to order Taco Bell. Fuck this. I had Taco <laughs> Bell for charcuterie. lunch. I had Taco Bell for lunch, so I can't order it again. Cutie white boy had Taco Bell, and I was like, I kind of want Taco Bell. Yeah, I definitely had Taco Bell for lunch because my kids, like my kids <laughs> were sitting here talking about, like, I want tacos. And you know what happens when I'm in the mood for tacos and I don't get tacos? I get upset. <laughs> that is truly she was like and i have a bad attitude so i don't want to have a bad attitude with my friends so i just want to get tacos so just give me i am look (laughs) anybody that knows me knows that tacos 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 and if they're not hard tacos she has a real problem don't give her that soft shit she don't want nothing to do with it Look, as long as Abuela is in the back making it, that's all I care about. Mama needs a good hard taco. She don't want your soft bullshit. She don't want your tortilla bullshit. She just wants a good hard taco with no tomatoes because she don't like them tomatoes. They be using them. Roma tomatoes do not be hidden by her. Yeah, they don't have enough. Ooh, hell yeah. (laughs) That's the highest delivery fee. Okay, let me look on DoorDash. Okay. Um, anyway, so back to the vow. I'm also going to be slightly distracted because I'm ordering Taco Bell at the same time, y'all. Yeah. So if I repeat myself, please forgive me. I am over the age of 30. Um, my joints hurt. The mind is going and I'm just kind of letting it ride. Anyway, <clears throat> so I believe last week when we wrapped up, yes, with Facebook, <laughs> when we wrapped up, um, I think we were talking about uh, the indoctrination, indoctrinating process mm-hmm. with um, specifically India Oxenberg. Yeah. Mainly because she's the main focal point of um, Seduce. Seduce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Sarah Edmondson is the main focal point of uh, The Vow. Mm-hmm. And their stories are 
very different stories. So I'm going to put this in really weird anime terms, okay? Okay. Or manga terms, or, or manga and animal, what anime, whatever. So The Vow is the overarching series that creates this specific storyline that gets you interested. Seduced is the light novel because it is only four episodes long that yes. gives you more details specifically on the backstory of one person or character. Mm-hmm. That's why I went anime for it because, you know, a lot of anime is. Yeah, no, I, I understood. Novel. I got you. A lot of it do that. Remember, <laughs> I'm the person that has the Marvel Encyclopedia on my coffee table. So I get you. Um, he doesn't realize this, but I had been being a dick to him, honestly, for truthfully, for no real reason. Uh, but I bought him the collection of the new X-Men omnibus, whatever it was. It was the hardcover full collection of the run. So, so the, Here you go, the nigga, Marvel surprise. Encyclopedia was my birthday gift. <laughs> that is. And it's a thick it, ass book on my coffee table. <laughs> That's everything, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, that is literally everything. We're a Comic-Con family over here, so you already know. <laughs> I don't understand why DoorDash won't let my black ass sign in. because I just Girl, want... If you don't come out with this show, at least that's not going to be able to lie. I want my motherfucking Taco Bell. They asked me for a goddamn email or phone number. Like, these niggas don't know me. Like, nigga, I've <laughs> so many times. What are we doing here? <laughs> Okay. No, so, so um, but so okay. I don't know where this fits in or where we are, but the part that struck me, because see, this is the thing. Like I always knew Keith Raniere was a bit of a pedophile and everything else, but when he said when he compared fucking a baby to fucking a steak, fucking when I say that shit took me out, like I was like, I can't. I was like, I can't do it. I don't know. I don't. I just don't. I don't know what to do with this. Like I can't. I can't function. Fucking a steak. Yes. I was like, I really looked up. I was like, so y'all just putting y'all dick in steak? Like what? It's like, what are we doing here? As if it was. (laughs) (laughs) I drink a whole bottle of wine. I get you. I feel you. I'm just having. That's why I was like, okay, I need to eat something because I'm not going to be good to anybody. I'm not. No, they're not, bitch. The Taco Bell is closed. Okay, girl. (laughs) I am just... Okay, I'm getting checkers, and I'm getting a milkshake. I'm about to ruin myself. Fuck it. Anyway, um, the way that Keith Raniere talked about fucking a child and it being no different than fucking a steak is the same way that I would just, I don't know, describe a wine. Yeah. It's something, and I say it that way because it's something that you know, or you feel like you know for a fact. It's something that's second nature. Yeah. You get why I said it that way? He said it like he, it's like the way he described it is the way I would describe like putting eyeliner on. Like it's very much like, something you do all the time but also something that's mad regular that nobody would care about 
And it's just like, wait a minute. Normalized in his world. Yeah, like it's so regular that it's not even nothing somebody would like better eye it because it's mad regular. So I believe we talked about India Oxenberg and her other two slaves who she she essentially said that she didn't want to have any slaves in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Yeah. Ended up, ended up being forced to recruit slaves. Um, I will say this. If if I was in DOS, also, I'm not going to have... I'm going to have a big ass... Ooh, a super loaded big Buford. Okay. My nigga. I'm going to have an issue. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't know that was a thing. I'm going to have, have an issue initially, but we already talked about the white woman who was talking to the black woman that she was doing a documentary on. Right, and she's just like, but she went for but it, so it got okay. Right, so, I mean, that just kind of goes to show that, like, us as black people are the marker for, like, when shit is really fucked. When shit is wild. <laughs> like, it's like, when shit is sus, we be the ones like, nah, my nigga, this shit look wild. Oh, we ain't doing this. It's like, nigga, what's wrong with you? Um, now we say something about some shit look wild. Like, we don't be trying to be in the bullshit. <laughs> no. I mean, but I'm, uh, unfortunately for that one white woman, she got wrapped into it because of her. Because of the black lady. The one black lady <laughs> so that be with the bullshit is the one that you talk to. <laughs> yeah. She went, she met the one Candace Owens. <laughs> right. The Stacey Dash of the mix. Oh, so okay, quick question: mm-hmm. Have we accepted her back into the fold, or is Fuck she still there? Stacy Dash, in order, I didn't like her as Dion. I didn't like her as a fucking self. Fuck her. <laughs> I like Stacy Dash as Dion, but mainly because I thought she was playing a character. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I didn't like Dion the character, and I was like, Nah, this is how this bitch really is. Like, I don't. I like Dion the character. No, no, no. So let me explain this. First of all, Clueless is one of my favorite movies. I don't Mm -hmm. give a fuck that you bitches say it's overrated. I don't care. Clueless is one of my favorite movies. Same. Kind of same. Dion as a a stereotype of wealthy teenager, I liked. Because to some extent, I was Dion, right? Also, she was kind of hood with it, though. She was. But at the same time, overarchingly, I wasn't a big fan. I love the character of Dion mainly because there was this level of um, Black respectability politics attached to her and her character and how Mm -hmm. she presented herself. However, when it came to like dragging Murray through the mud for stupid yeah, shit, yeah, it's Murray like does. I like parts of Dion, but not yeah. other parts. Like the respectability of it all, I didn't like, but her interpersonal re- relationships, I enjoy. Her in relationship to everyone else. Yeah, her, also, her she very was the much. One that was long. No, that's that's stupid. Like her interpersonal relations among her friend group, I did like, but the respectability of it, I wasn't a fan of. No, and I I can totally understand that. Like I can totally get that. And her as a, but yeah. but Dion <laughs> as a because we were talking about um the black lady from the vow. The black lady. 
the black lady that roped the white girl into being in next year. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I was looking at this baconzilla combo and the bitch got distracted. Your ass is trying to order food and shit. Like <laughs> so distracted. I was like, oh wait a minute. I was just rolling with it though. You see, improv talent. Improv. <laughs> we be doing black people do improv too. We talented, bitch. Like, <laughs> but Most no. So. I mean, I don't want to go too, too deep into the shit with the vow, because it's just like, we tried through that step-by-step shit the last time, and this shit gets mad wild and, like, long. Yeah. So, it's kind of like... So fucked up. Yeah, like, it's so, like, wild and fucked up, and it's, like, mad long. Like, we if we go step-by-step, this is going to be, like, another five episodes, right? At least so, another third. <laughs> so, let's just kind of talk overarchingly. It's like, but see, it's like, it's like we said in the first one, if you don't know anything about the Nexium cult or anything, I suggest you do watch um, The Vow and Seduce. They're on yeah. two different networks, but it's kind That's of a like, massive trigger warning. Oh, definitely. We'll get there. But it's like, massive. it's it, they're on two different networks, but it's like the most digestible version of all the information. Because there, there's podcasts on Nexium. There's they're out there. You know what I'm saying? There, there's at least there's a a six part podcast that I listen to. Six part in each episode was an hour and a half to two hours long. Oh my god. On, I listened to the entire that's like thing. like Manson murders, honestly. I listened to the entire thing. So that's like 12 hours out of my life. I can't get back, right? Because I was at work and I would listen to it while I was working. And <laughs> it's it's on Nexium, and it, it kind of goes into, like, it's just so much. It's it, Nexium is very deep. Nexium, it, it's a lot of branches on that tree. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's just uh-huh. because it's like you once you because like the financial part of it alone could be three episodes, and then mm-hmm. you got Especially the take a deep dive into the Bronfmans, mm-hmm. and then you start talking about the different branches with what is it SOP or SIP or whatever it was SOP SOP um, and then uh, Genesis or Genesis and then DOS and other other and all the different. Yeah, all the different branches. I mean, so, it could take you could be here forever. Just a, I just want to hang over the knife just for a second. The fact mm-hmm. that so the knife was um Nexium's media critique, I guess, mm-hmm. arm. Um, the fact that that Nexium had an arm that was on major news networks to say what is favorable favorable. And what isn't based and on they're very language. litigious, which is the uh, wild part. Like Nexium was wildly litigious. Yes. So That's why I would, like to hover over the night. Just yeah, for they would spend millions and millions of dollars to sue. And I, I want to know more about specifically the knife and the timing. Because... So I'll give you what I found, right? Okay. Because I looked up um like some of the like Nexium lawsuits and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't get an exact timeline on that sector, like their like legal sector. Okay. But what I did find is that I've what I found 
was 15 or 16 cases that were filed by Nexium's legal team. Oh no. Oh, in no, a very, no. very short period of time, right? So based on when the I'm I'm gonna make some assumptions here and I could be wrong and you know, whatever, but I'm gonna make an assumption here just based on the educated guess, right? Based on when I saw the first, like the earliest, the most, the earliest lawsuit filed, mm-hmm. I'm gonna guess that that like legal sector of Nexium was formed around 2010. Okay. Um, and it was because I did know, I did see, like if you watch the both of the docu series, they talk about how around a certain time they started going for more high profile people like lawyers, doctors, actresses, that kind of stuff. Yeah, people with the pool. Which was around 2009, 2010. So that does line up for when that legal sector was kind of built. But they got super active around 2012. But if I'm thinking back and also watching these docu series, 2012 is about the same the same time that Nexium kind of became public, you know? Yeah. No, I that makes that makes sense. Um so with oh my god, this next scene is so fucking heavy. It's so heavy and it's so much, and it's just so much that's not even like uh, out yet. You know what I'm saying? Like there's yeah. so much information that's not even out yet. Because you watch the vow and you watch Sarah Edmondson hesitate to say the details. And then you watch India Oxenberg say the details, but the way she's saying it is, I don't know, so matter of factly. Mm-hmm. I just I feel like there is so much more that happened within the walls of the Albany organization. Yeah, and it's like so that building in Albany because I drove to Niagara, right? Mm-hmm. Um, last not last year, year before last, I drove to Niagara Falls. We stopped in Albany. Now I didn't see that exact building. I'm not gonna say that, but when I googled the address, we were in that plaza. So the area where that building is, like, there's like a shopping plaza nearby, mm-hmm. like on like like across the street, right? Because you know how like in the suburbs and shit, that's how that shit goes. It's like there's the office park and then the shopping process always how it goes we stopped to get food at the shopping plaza that was right next to where that is but i wasn't aware of that at the time because all this information had just kind of started coming out at that time that the idea of nexium is okay so let's let's dive more into the details mm-hmm. because the overarching idea is something that after watching seduce and really taking within myself um like the details and how actually like fucked up everything really is yeah um, yeah it's something that like i have to uh, i have this thing where it's just like mm-hmm, yeah and then you try and stop thinking about it but also at the same time like starting to problem solve if that makes sense mm-hmm. but within the conversation it's like trying to stop thinking about it while also like trying to frame language at the same time because this is a very sensitive and tr- massive trigger fucking warning yeah trigger trigger nigga. trigger warning trigger trigger nigga it's a trigger warning <laughs> 
<laughs> very, very much so. I'm gonna keep, we'll keep that around. Also, also on um on just a little bit of a lighter side. Okay, I want to read my order off just to break this up. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got a large baconzilla with large freeze, uh, seasoned fries, a large root beer, an extra large seasoned fries, a super loaded brew, 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 mm -mm. <laughs> super loaded Buford. I'm hungry. <laughs> no grilled onions, funnel cake fries, and a large strawberry cheesecake plus fudge. I am going to die. It is a $50 tab. I don't care. All right. Oh, oh, wait a minute. So that is the happy portion of this show. I'm so hungry now. I'm, I grew after drinking like all that time on the other, on doing bitch and doing like the live show. I'm like, yeah, I have to eat. Like, I have to fucking He's eat. He's cooking. I can smell it. it oh, that's good. good. Over there. Is he cooking it all together or is it individually plated? You know they should be in pieces around here. You know he cooking shit. <laughs> He's just a four-star chef. That's all. Five-star, actually. Oh, my God. Okay. This baby is smashing her face against the door. So, mama. <laughs> I tell you, them kids ain't going to play with your ass. This um, little one? No. Not at all. There we go. I'm sorry, y'all. Y'all done dealt with me eating and me trying to order food. I'm like, can you get into the story there? <laughs> I can as soon as I as soon as I can get this order placed, because I am determined to get my fucking checkers. Come on, bitch. You already you already made me. There we go. I already felt massive disappointment because of the goddamn taco fucking bill. I'm getting my checkers despite my blood pressure. I don't give a shit. I got two months before I go back to my doctor's office. I will work <laughs> it out. Okay, so back to Nexium. <laughs> um, so did you catch how um, India was talking about when Allison made her and the other two women that were on her same line, meaning in her same collective of slaves, for those that haven't seen this, um, they went on a vacation, mm -hmm. a re retreat rather. Vacation implies something totally different. It was. <laughs> this was definitely a retreat. There was nothing relaxing about it. When she said that they all, um, Allison made them all line up naked. In yeah, order to that them. was wild to me. I was just like, what are we doing here? But it really goes back to that level of power and control that Keith had. Mm -hmm. So I constantly, I keep going back and forth with like culpability for Allison Matt, mainly because I've, it's just like with, how do I say this? It's just like with kids, when it, when that question of how do you know about this comes up? Right. You know I mean? Right. I'm kind of dancing around it, but you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. um, and it, unfortunately in some in some cases ends up being the case of like some kind of sexual assault Usually. i really feel like that although that allison mack is equal parts culpable as well as victim she's very much the the perpetrator victim like in like literally right in the center of that because it's like she's only a perpetrator because she was a victim. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's only 
she's only culpable of in this situation because she mm-hmm. was victim of this situation. Did you see when Keith replied and said to, to the to the photo of the four women? Yeah, was like all mine. Mm-hmm. Nigga, you were gross. Yeah, like the only true perpetrator in this situation is Keith Raniere. Everybody else were accomplices because they were victims. Well, I also I will. I'm gonna say this too. Um, at least for me personally, access to wealth to me equals access to information. And therefore, you should be far more intelligent. Um, mm-hmm. I refuse to wrap the Bronfman sisters within that. See, this is this is why I will. Okay. Mm-hmm. One is because access doesn't mean use of, right? Fair. So just because you act, you have access to the information, that doesn't mean that you're then immune to the potentials of being controlled. You know what I'm saying? Like, because you still access doesn't wipe away insecurities or um, weaknesses or any of that nature, right? So there's still a situation that you can be played upon and manipulated into being an accomplice while still being a victim. Also, because of the type of person that Keith Raniere is, because of the type of person that Keith Raniere is, I don't think to me myself, I think anybody that worked with him is both victim, victim and perpetrator because he manipulated everybody, right? Everybody yeah. was manipulated, brainwashed, and deceived in some way because nobody was given full stories, nobody, you know, whatever it may be. So it's like I can't see a scenario in which anybody was fully aware of what was going on. And I feel like the real gag is, is that goes back to pre-Nexium to when he was doing consumer bylines. Exactly. That goes all the way back because there's never been a case in his life where anybody was full, fully aware of the extent of his reach and or his crimes. And his foolishness and fuckery. Exactly. Because it's mm-hmm. like, even when you look at within Das, you know, with the exception of like three women, everybody thought that he wasn't. Yeah. So there's still said even there's even top line people that don't necessarily know he's involved, right? Well, no, the top all of the top line. People. Well, the the very very top line, yes, those three or whatever this is the very that top line. line didn't know. That second line, they didn't know. So no, that's already a situation of you. Even the people that on the surface it seems like well y'all should have known they didn't know either so they're still un, un unaware accomplices right yeah but to get to that top line you have to be manipulated and gaslit into a certain level of loyalty where it's like you're doing things that you wouldn't even normally do mm-hmm. things that go against everything that you were raised to believe but because this person has convinced you to the point of you believe them over your own gut. So that's why yeah. I say every single person outside of Keith was a victim and a perpetrator. So do you think that Nancy was as well? I think that Nancy and Keith did this equally. That's how I feel. 
I think that a lot of people talks about Keith because you know when you get to fault leaders, the credit is almost always given to a man. Yeah. But I I do think Nancy that she was, was she was very, she was the Lady Macbeth of the situation. Like yeah. she was very much controlling the narrative and the pulling the strings. Mm-hmm. Whereas he was just executing people tend to follow men quicker than women. Mm-hmm. I very like she I think they were hand in hand at the top line. And then you go down from there because I'm still not convinced that she wasn't a part of these sexual encounters. That she it, wasn't it was witness to that her name didn't come up at all, considering exactly. that her daughter was the first line in it. Exactly. She had such a higher rank, high ranking position within Nexium, essentially as being the co-founder. Yep. I agree. No, that's exactly what I'm saying. That's why it's just like I, she was his partner in every sense of the word. You know what I'm saying? Except sexually. <laughs> yeah. The only one he didn't fuck. <laughs> sorry, Nancy. <laughs> I'm sorry, Nancy girl. He just didn't want to break your ass off none. I mean that, and you know what that, okay. He just, I'm going to say this. This is going to probably make you feel real uncomfortable. Could you imagine having sex with him? You know, he's just like Oof. doing furious humping shit where it doesn't Ooh, feel good. No, I don't like it. I don't like We're it. Just like, <laughs> you know, I don't, he like it, I don't like it. It's not even like, it's not even interesting or like intimate, like trying to break a person. It's just like slam just, against your puss. And oh, here we God. are. Against, against the puss. This is how sex with Keith Raniere would sound. This uh, is how sound. <laughs> it's not enjoyable. I feel like in the midst of sex with Keith Raniere, like I'd punch him in the fucking throat and kick him in the face. <laughs> yeah, like get out of here. Bye. I'm done. <laughs> But he had the entire first line of DOS under his whim. And he was having sex with all of them. Mm-hmm. Like literally all of them. But many of these women were his roommates. Okay, so we've got to double back just a little bit. So we touched on Barbara Boucher last week. So Barbara Boucher was one of Keith's girlfriends who he met in yeah. next. It's important to note in next yeah, yeah. She and Keith were together for some time for years. She said like six, maybe nine years, I think. Something like that. It was a long oh, time. Excuse me. They were together for quite some time. But um Barbara was talking about how Keith lived in this house full of women who they were all like roommates and disciples. Mm-hmm. Well, come to find out Keith was fucking everybody. Yes. According to him, he was only doing it once a year, which no shade. This shows you how much of a fuck nigga I am. I've used that. (laughs) I'm trash. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But Barbara, once she, in finding out, um, begins to slowly but surely make her shift out of Nexium. It really took for the other women who many of them were that first line of DOS. Mm-hmm. who were constantly intervening yeah. in their relationship when Keith would say, oh, 
um, she's mad at me and it makes my my joints hurt. Nigga, fuck mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Did she push you down the stairs? No, then your joints don't hurt yet because she didn't do what she <laughs> could have done. Notice I said could. We don't make threats here on Al Gore's internet. No, we, we don't, don't make threats. We I'm just... very conscious of that because I hung out with Lauren and Alex and they were like, yep, just be careful. I said, I will. <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, Barbara Boucher was talking about like the relationship amongst all of his girlfriends or disciples or whatever it was that, that they deemed themselves to be at that time. And many of them actually ended up being, at the end of the day, the first line of DOS. They were Keats' very specific slaves. And then that filtered out to everyone else. Mm-hmm. Did you catch tea about that girl, Danielle or Daniela? Yeah. The bitch that was locked up for two years? Yeah. I... In a fucking townhouse, girl. In a bedroom in a townhouse for With two With no lock on the door? Years. No lot, but that goes to show you just how susceptible human beings are to that. Mm-hmm. Like we all really are. Mm-hmm. And if if you if anybody comes at you the right way, you can be manipulated. Like I used to be one of the people that's mm-hmm. like, I don't understand how people can end up in a cult and God, you gotta be dumb to end up in a cult. But then as I got older and especially as I've been like closer to all this shit, mm-hmm. I realized that you everybody is vulnerable somewhere psychologically, right? So if everybody you come at them vulnerable. the right way, with the right anybody person. can end up in a cult. It's like the right person in the right way. Yep. Any one of y'all can end up in a cult. Like that like shit very easily. Yeah. You'll be in it for a good six years and wouldn't even know that it is like most, like all of the people that were in Nexium. Mm-hmm. Um, so Daniela was a 19-year-old woman from Mexico whose family immigrated to Albany in order to be closer to Keith and Nexium because they were members of it. Um, she essentially ended up being picked as if she is. Oh God, I can't even make that joke because I don't remember that nigga's name from. <laughs> Oh, oh god damn it he's a mormon never mind damn. that makes me feel hard because i saw his face and i was like oh bitch i'm ready for it and it was like and no name fuck all right nonetheless um daniela uh and her family immigrated to uh, albany new york out of mexico which mm-hmm. nexium has nexium excuse me has a rather large following in Nexio of Nexio. In, <laughs> in Albany? Mexico. Yeah, and in Mexico. Yeah. In Mexico, not Nexio. Nexio. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. Like, I am on another half a bottle of wine at this point. So we are just raw fucking dogging it. I hope you niggas got at a piss. At this point, <laughs> I'm here. It's about to be a mess, y'all. It's going to be a good time, though. It's going to be a mess, though. Y'all about to see us in our most vulnerable state, probably. Mm-hmm. I wish this nigga would be my motherfucking chuckers. Okay, so <laughs> it's been 20 minutes. Where's my shit? No, I haven't. <laughs> All right. So um, Daniela ends up locked up in the bedroom of a townhouse. And it's interesting because um, India talks about and seduce about being in that specific space in that townhouse. 
mm-hmm. and saying that Allison Mack was there and that the all of these higher ranking officials were there. Yeah. That she saw this girl and that there wasn't a lock on the door. And like we were saying before the ramble, that being mm-hmm. like it's amazing just how like the human brain can work. And how quickly we all can be trained, like for a woman, not a woman, for a person to be sexually assaulted and put and then left in that room, in that specific room for two years, Mm -hmm. for two years with no lock on the door and for them not to make a move shows you just how quickly and how much a human being can be broken. Exactly. And really all of this with Nexium really is about it's it's breaking and rebuilding. Um so India was talking about the seduction assignment. I know we touched on it last time. That freaked me out. That whole concept assignment, that whole it freaked me out. Like that part, like literally made my skin crawl. Like I felt like I was like, I cannot watch this. Like no, like not at all. And we also what also is important to note too is that Allison Mack by this point had been in this for years and hadn't been paid for anything. Right. And the seduction assignment, quote unquote. But like degraded for having a job outside of. Mm -hmm. This is why like I keep asking the question, how much of a victim is Allison Mack? Because she was degraded for, she was degraded and debased for having this job that she loved. She, She flat out said on camera, I'm my identity is an actress. Like that's what I'm born here to do. She had been mm-hmm. working in the industry for quite some fucking time. Mm-hmm. To have an organization or a leader or somebody that you have placed trust and faith in to come in and then begin to shake the foundation that you've known of yourself is problematic. It's in these cases problematic. Yeah. Now tossing in the coercion, the sexual manipulation, um, the cl- honestly classic cult shit. Mm-hmm. <sighs> mm-hmm. It's like they literally they didn't even do like no new uh, innovative like manipulation. He literally went down like checklists of how do you manipulate people. Yeah. It was like he hit every he like he he broke you emotionally. And then physically, then mentally, and then convince you that he, like, it was like a checklist, like right yeah. down the line, you know? Yeah. I mean, all of the women that were in Keith's inner circle um, were, I would say, uh, less than 130. And 130 is a stretch because India had to be down to 106. Yeah. Which she looks like a tall girl. She looks like she's about at least five eight, five nine. Now me myself, granted, I'm black and I got big ass thighs and I got ass and titties, so mm-hmm. I ain't never been one oh six. I ain't never been one oh six. Like what the fuck, bitch! I ain't never been. What the fuck is a one? But it's like. 
the only people I've known that have been 106 have been like 11. <laughs> to be, and the kicker for, okay, so we were talking about Allison getting paid. So I have to stay on topic. So for Allison to go through what is essentially the same things that, you know, she's put all the other, these other people through and she hasn't been paid, right? She's living on her own. Like she has yeah. her own shit that she has to provide yeah. for and pay for. But it's and like she only has time point, to work nowhere else because all her time is dedicated to this shit and it's not paying her. And the question really is, is how much of it is, how much did Keith not allow her to work? Because India specifically says, Allison looks at her and says, you have to move to Albany from LA. Mm -hmm. And she says that it's not a request, it's a demand. And throughout all of this, Allison Mack has been mirroring the treatment and ideals of Keith Ranieri. Mm -hmm. So the question, my question is, is was this a conversation that was this a command, not conversation, a command that Keith placed on Allison? And I feel like, so. this. Very like very I don't want to so. like it was it was very much something that he put on her and then she in turn put on everybody else. It's like an abused child, right? Like your dad hits you so then you in turn hit your siblings and that's very much what this was this was what he required of her because even they talked about her punishment for not doing whatever was to then beat another one of the girls you know what i'm saying yeah. so it's like it's like this is put on her and then she in turn puts it on the girls that are younger or under her you know what i'm saying yeah that's why she's very much victim and perpetrator. Because it's like, yes, she did these things to these people, but she wouldn't have done these things if these things weren't done to her. Mm -hmm. And my question, too, is for this to be established with Keith, mm -hmm. I don't feel like this is anything new. Barbara Boucher already had talked about it before. Yeah. How many other women were put into these kinds of positions that stayed within the group that saw Allison falling into? And I'm not, and let me just say this Allison was nobody else's responsibility except for herself. Mm -hmm. All I'm doing is posing a question of what is it that the other women that were also close to Ranieri who weren't as deep into this shit as Allison, because there were some, what were they feeling? Like we see some of the women who um, were asked initially to join DOS, which once again, DOS is not victor, uh, dominant over slave. DOS is dominant slave sororium, i.e. a sorority, which adds a whole different level of shit to things. Mm -hmm. Uh, and a sorority implies a, uh, a actual and a legitimate institution. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to as opposed to dominant over slave. Um, oh, God, I just and I keep going back to her because I kind of like I shouldn't feel bad for her in any way, shape, form, or fashion, but I really do feel like 
she got a little shook down. I don't want to say the short end of the stick because I yeah. feel like she got the stick that she should have got. But yeah. I also feel like she got a little shook down in the process of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I definitely it, understand. Uh, and it's not to like, once again, it's not to cape a white woman and it's not to absolve any actions that she took in any way, shape, or fashion. I'm just questioning what was it that she went through before this in this organization to feel that this was comfortable and acceptable. To get her to the point that she just like fell into this. Because it's like the thing about the thing about people who fall into cults, and this is something that I've learned over years of listening to like psychologists and like you know always people who talk about cults think about people who fall into cults is like they're usually looking for some semblance of family right yeah some always. semblance of belonging so it's like what of- what happened in your life prior to whether it's your home life your life with your friends whatever it may be prior to this point that you were so easily indoctrinated into these things well, she was, she's an entertainer and for, yeah, for many entertainers, especially when you're, when you're actually for real working mm-hmm. and your next paycheck is relying upon somebody else's opinion. The next job. Yeah. So it's like that what becomes, the next person thinks of you. Yeah. Like what someone and how you present yourself is unfortunately extremely important. Mm-hmm. And knowing that it's extremely important, um, it is also important to be able to, I don't know, go to therapy and be able to establish healthy boundaries between the work and yourself. But you catch the right person who hasn't been able to do that, who, as I said earlier, like she considered her, her whole identity was she was an actress. Yeah. Therefore, her entire character, her entire being, who and everything that she was, was open to nothing more than someone else's opinion and i i believe that words do mean things and i do believe that this this is why i do uh, sometimes i speak kind of slowly because i want to make sure that i'm saying the very specific words i'm choosing my words wisely because Mm -hmm. in that situation she really just laid it all out that and he was an actress and entertainment really is based upon the opinion of no one else mm-hmm. and when you've been acting for all of that time and you don't have or i'm not gonna say you don't have but she was looking for something that she didn't have mm-hmm. she found it in him. and he was nothing more than a fucking he was nothing more than a silver raccoon who was highly opinionated yeah and he was able to that shit into her and get her to do shit that she didn't want to I don't want to say didn't want to do would normally do as far as we know would normally do yeah like as far as what has been presented to us she this is stuff that is outside of the norm of what she would do yes <laughs> come on girl with that phone <laughs> oh, I'm sorry y'all that's my door dash he uh-uh. approaching. This nigga like five minutes away. What the fuck they talking about? He approaching. <laughs> you know, DoorDash. I'm not gonna lie to you. The DoorDash app, janky. As fuck. As fuck. Like I'd be like, I so how he? Car. So how he approaching? And he all the way over there. 
this lining. That's why I was like, you watch I the room down. <laughs> Shit. They're like, oh yeah, he's approaching. This nigga's like half a mile away. That's a janky as fuck. Like, I hate this shit. <laughs> shit is trash. I swear to you. Oh, let me tell. Okay, just kind of side note. I had the worst DoorDash driver. Oh my God. And it made me so mad because I was The like, bitch that you know, had your food sideways? We talked about her. Because it was with the coffee, too. Yeah, and we talked about like, her on no another podcast. <laughs> like, there was no concern for it. And it mm. pissed me off. It just pissed. And it was such a little thing. It was like, girl, you can just hold it upright. You can just hold it upright. That it made, and I don't get mad at service because I work in this shit. Mm. But that little bit of thing, it's just like, girl, you, I, I should get your ass fired. <laughs> it was disrespectful. It was um, okay. Back to Nexium. At least until these niggas bring me my shit. Because <laughs> I'm gonna run down MDA. That's that nigga's name. I don't know who he is, but they also DoorDash give you a bunch of fake ass names. Yep. Okay. Nonetheless, I wait for this nigga to call because he'll call. And be sitting in the middle of the street talking about you gonna come over here. No, nigga, it's you called the door. <laughs> you better dash your ass. You gonna door. come get it? I can't come upstairs. I can't park my car. <laughs> At least bring it. To, I have I've had niggas not even bring it to the main door. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't have my keys. Get out of your car. It's called right. door dash. Just dash it up to this main door. Not up these these five flights of stairs, nigga. Just to the main door, for God's sake. Exactly. Nonetheless. Um. Okay. So back to Allison Mack and her fuck fool and nigga tree. Actually, yes, no. Back God. to let's let's get to Keith Raniere and his fuck fuck fool and nigga tree. So we didn't talk about how um there was a twelve year old um who was sexually assaulted by Keith Raniere previously. Yes. This is yes. before Nexium. This was before um, Consumers Byline. Mm-hmm. And he maintained and kept that pattern up. And I believe that he used these younger girl, younger women. And in fact, how are you five to seven minutes away and you still in the same place? Oh, my God. Bitch, come okay. on. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, now you three to five minutes away. If you don't come the fuck out, let's <laughs> talk about this damn show. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is annoying because I want my fucking milkshake because I'm off today and I'm I'm about to wreck my fucking stomach. <laughs> Girl, I got checkers. Anytime I get checkers, it's like, oh, this is a full on wreck section. I'm gonna eat some edibles to make my stomach. <laughs> okay. Um, but they would they <laughs> Keith and Keith Ranieri essentially um, keeps up and maintains that same pattern of uh, predatory behavior. Mm-hmm. It's just, well, no, because he got Daniela and her sister pregnant, and they and both her had sister. Yeah. And her sister. And her sister. Her little sister. And I think sister. we jumped over that way too quickly. I was like, wait a minute, y'all just gonna say that shit? Now how y'all didn't just say that shit? Like, what are we doing here? And it only came out in the midst of um, them talking about him being on trial. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that is a thing of the only thing that India knew was that they that his sister got pregnant. Uh, her sister, excuse me, got pregnant. And that Keith coached the two of them 
on what to say when having an abortion. Right. Um, so she, yeah, she does kind of glaze over that. But I'm imagining that it's her little sister. Because I'm pretty sure they talk yeah. about her oldest in the family. Yeah. As far as the kids are concerned. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. So he had. Oh my god, this nigga is trash. Garbage, just sheer garbage. Like awful. That's why. I but that's my- why it's like that's why this is so much because it's like he went further than every other cult leader we've ever talked about. I mean, only kind of. Did next would Nexium have ended in um, Jonestown, Mass? I think so. I think eventually it would have. I think that there's a possibility. It's like a 50 50 chance, you know. See, I think it's one of those things that he would have gotten desperate enough that it would have. I don't think that was the plan initially, but you know how this goes with because with cult leaders they get more and more paranoid as they go. So I yeah. think it would have been one of those paranoid. things where it's like eventually we would have ended up there. He was starting to get paranoid. Had it not got had it not kind of got broken down when it did, I can't see it going another two years without heading down the route of a mass suicide. Um Okay, I don't think that Keith would have been part of a mass mass suicide. He wouldn't have committed suicide, but I think he would have convinced these people to right. And then what would have happened would have been like he would have used that to then convince other women to be a part Mm because it's like you see, my teachers were so great that they were willing to die for them. You know what I'm saying? They did the good work. Um, okay, Keith. <laughs> I don't because of the way that Keith was found in Mexico. So um Keith Ranieri ends up uh running <laughs> Keith Ranieri becomes a part of the Lamely and beats it. <laughs> yes. Beats it to Mexico. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, for long, younger listener, younger listeners or non-American listeners, being on the lamb means you're on the run from right. the police. Right. The lamely is what Mariah Carey calls her people. Yes. So Keith Raniere became part of the lamely and beat it out of town. Yes. <laughs> but they said that when they found him in Mexico, uh, Lauren Salzman. Lauren Salzman was on the ground with machine guns pointed at her head. And they hmm. found Keith in a fucking closet. Yes, they did. Of course. Hiding like fucking un- like Elian Gonzalez, except not young, not adorable, oh. not pleading for his fucking life. Not Elian Gonzalez. <laughs> Wait, I can't. No. Mm-mm. You know what I'm not going to do? This right here. Oh. All right. Back to this white nigga and his bullshit. <laughs> Yes. These funnel cake fries, everything. Uh, I don't like funnel cake, so. I love it. Funnel cake, elephant ears, all that carnival food. Love it. I don't like like funnel cake or elephant ears, but I also don't like pancakes, and it tastes like pancake batter to me. Yeah, because it's pretty much the same thing. Yeah, I don't like pancakes. So that kind of. Well, and I'm not a big fan of powdered sugar either. 
That's fair. I love it. You just put food in front of me that ain't got onions, and I'm happy. <laughs> Ooh, a bitch do not like an onion. <laughs> don't you put a don't you put a raw onion in front of my face? Don't put a raw or cooked onion in front of my face. Shit, I don't want none of it. Oh no, I'll fuck up an onion ring. I will fuck up an onion ring. I don't like a raw or a cooked onion. I don't keep that shit over there. <laughs> don't bring me none of those hipster ass red onions either. That's too much. <laughs> That's too much. All right. So what were we talking about? Um, shit. Kind of the DOS playbook and how people in DOS were um victims and perpetrators, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so let's get into... So Allison and... Keith get arrested, right? India is still living and sharing an apartment with Allison. She has mm-hmm. a job in New York. She's called the cult girl and the post, yeah. which is a raggedy piece of shit, as well as it the is. star, yeah. are like hounding her. Mm-hmm. Um, Allison is, I'm sorry, not Allison. India is asked by Allison's mom to pull all of her possessions into storage. Mm-hmm. Um, India does, but she keeps some things that she feels like shouldn't be in storage. A hard drive should never be in storage. Mm -mm. So it was reasonable. India goes through the hard drive and India begins to hear all of the conversations. Mm -hmm. Like, all of the conversations. The conversations confirming that the branding, which we kind of got into the branding, um, the yeah. symbolism of the branding, which was supposed to be the quote unquote four elements, there was a line and then a, a half a triangle, which means no bottom. So that's sun, that's mountain. There was supposed to be a wave that was water and no, I think that was fire. And then there was another line that was supposed to be like water, mm-hmm. but we turned it on its side. It said KR and am depending on how low that quote-unquote symbolistic sky line mm-hmm. was lower india actually gets a confirmation because we hear allison and keith and i believe lauren salzman talking about what no it wasn't lauren salzman it was nikki klein talking about what the symbolism quote-unquote could be and yeah. they all say, oh, well, it doesn't look like initials. If you turn it this way, it kind of just looks like a quote-unquote alien sign. Yeah. <sighs> or a mountain sign. That was the other thing they kept saying. Mm-hmm. This poor girl. Like, India... Mm. <laughs> and I have to correct myself, because last week, I think I said Allison was the one who made India, in the midst of driving, pull over and give it. I almost said a twat shot. Give. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> I'm trying to handle this with more care than I normally handle things. <laughs> also, this funnel cake fry was spicy as fuck. What the fuck was on it? How is it spicy? <laughs> I don't know. These niggas fried this shit in the same fryer or something, and it was spicy. <laughs> it was just slightly alarming. Not a bad flavor, just slightly alarming. <laughs> um. So it was actually Keith that made 
um, India pull over and give the vaginal shot. She also talks about how, okay, so remember when I was talking about them going on that trip and them taking that nude photo that Alex did? Yes. Allison did? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so in the midst of that, one of the other women who were in that specific line of DOS looks over and sees Allison Mack texting the photo to Keith, and then you get the all mine comment, right? Mm-hmm. I forgot to mention that that woman was like, yo, what the fuck is this about? And Allison says, oh God, what was it? He's the, she said something that deflected away from Keith kept him safe oh no what what it was was he had also sent a, a purple devil you know the little devil mm-hmm. horn mm-hmm. and the woman was questioning like we thought keith was celibate why would he be sending you a devil horn emoji and uh, allison mack flipped it and gaslit it and stated that they were being um obnoxious they were overreacting that he is celibate anything he sends is like divine and all of that shit mm-hmm. but, and it was the way that she said it india said it because she went yeah and then allison said as punishment i'm taking a picture of all your pussies <laughs> which was when i heard that i was like wait a minute what like mm. i tried it took a lot. And then, because, like, it was like, <laughs> okay, so I'm, I'm trying not to laugh right now, right? So I was, it was very, very early this morning I was watching this, right? <laughs> like, before 8.30 in the morning that I was watching this. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I'm watching it. And as I'm watching, I'm more listening than watching, but I'm like setting my kid up for school. While watching this shit. She wasn't in the room. She was back in her bedroom. So I'm setting her up at the table for no, school, just right? While watching this shit at 8 o'clock. Exactly. <laughs> at 8 o'clock, I was like, I want to get through at least three of the four episodes before we record, right? So as I... <laughs> As I'm setting her up for school, right when she walks in to sit at the table, that part yeah. happens. And I was like, all right, I got to get this shit off. This is doing a lot. Like, it's like, <laughs> you got this young white woman talking about pussies. <laughs> she said it so hard. Like, right so when my daughter hard. walked in. And so, like, she looks at me, like, because she thinking, of course, cats, right? Like, kitty cats. And I just let her think that because I wasn't about to explain. (laughs) It's the way she said it. She said it so hard and aggressive. Like, it sounds gross. So hard. (laughs) Allison said punishment she was going to take a picture of our pussies i was just like well okay like scream laugh it was like I, than the fact that I was like all right let me turn this off my kid just walked in it was also like my fucking head hurt because the way you just said that like why did you say that she's so aggressively like she was a battle rapper exactly (laughs) like it's like you said like you meant to evict me like it was i don't know if sis has been watching i don't know fear of funeral or 
Don Lady or Shuni the Rapper. She watching Queen of the Ring or some shit because I don't All know why she said that shit so hard. I live for Queen of the Ring. <laughs> I do. I live for Queen of the Ring. I was like, that's right. Give me a, a bunch of aggressive ass bitches just being mean for no motherfucking reason. And then, <laughs> no, I'm not shaking your hand. I'm going home. <laughs> right. You know, now they're doing queens and kings in the ring, so it's the girls versus the guys. And it's okay. They it's just gotta be the right matchup. I don't really I watch it here and there, but not enough to Oh no, I live like Farah, let's be honest, Farah ain't got bars, but Farah has performance and Farah has enough of a bar to keep a nigga wrapped up in her shit. Yeah. Side note. Side note. Like she's a performer. She is definitely a performer. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can see that. Um, okay. So, India Oxenberg says pussies loudly and aggressively, and it makes everyone feel uncomfortable. Extremely uncomfortable. She wanted... As someone who she says pussy pretty regularly, I was bad uncomfortable. She wanted us to feel the way that she felt when Allison said it to her. Shut up. I damn sure Shut I was like, you ain't touching my shit. I'll punch your white ass in your throat, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) She also talks about um, coming back to L.A. from Albany uh, towards, I believe it was like towards the end of her Nexium phase, stage, whatever you want to call it. And she is with her mother. Her mother takes her to the gynecologist. Yeah. Mom, gynecologist had a previous dis- um, discussion regarding India's hair loss, as well as India being a full grown ass woman, not having a period in some time. Yeah. And I know we talked about it last time, um, how Allison said she hadn't had a period in 10 years Nancy told in, uh, India yeah. that, you know, sometimes I don't have a period. Um, Lauren Salzman told India that I'm just going to say this and just kind of make it known. Mainly, um, I don't know much about the lady bits, the lady parts. I know uh, a very generalized idea of how they work and what happens. But <laughs> if you don't, if you're accustomed to having a monthly period, and you don't have a period for a year, it would be wise to have that checked out. But also, no anybody who is accustomed to having lady parts will tell you, if I'm used to having a period and I don't have one for a year, and I know I ain't pregnant. Bitch, I'm going to the hospital. That's called cancer. I'm Some shit that broke. Like, we yeah. going to the doctor, bitch. Like, it's some shit ain't working the way it's supposed to be working. Something to broke. Something. Something ain't happening. Like, girl, something ain't right, and you need to, you need to get this checked out. Well, the mm-hmm. gynecologist, India's trying to cover up her brand with her hand, and the gynecologist yeah. moves her hand, sees the brand, and India bolts. Mm-hmm. And this is before all hell breaks loose with the article. Yeah. So, what we see towards the last like two to three episodes of The Vow is Catherine and Mark, Catherine Oxenberg, Mark Vicente, um, Bonnie, who is Mark's wife, um, Sarah Edmondson and her husband, Nippy, and plus a bunch of like 
I don't want to call them expats, ex Nexium people. Yeah, that's all you can't really call them because. Yeah, they're not like expatriate. You know, that, that's also yeah. a cool ass term because people use that shit. It I live is. in Detroit and then I moved. I'm an expat. It's like, no, fuck you, bitch. You lived in Ferndale and then you moved. Exactly. Nonetheless. <laughs> Um, a bunch of ex-Nexium folks are uh, attempting to work on a article with a writer from the New York Times. New York Times initially, and I'm taking uh, just a little bit of a step back, and you'll see why. Um, New York Times initially does not feel like this story is a high priority mm-hmm. story. They Get said that. it wasn't high profile enough. The New York Times felt like the story of this cult with Keith Raniere, who is so far, according to what we know and what we've seen from this show, a proven pedophile, a captor, um, the coercion, the collusion, the collateral, uh, the money, the money that is spent in this organization. Yeah, the money that is spent to defend this organization. The Mm -hmm. New York Times felt like none of this was a priority story. Yeah. Well, as look how God works, the Harvey Weinstein and Bill Cosby, because it was was it was Bill Cosby then Harvey. It was Bill Cosby and Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. So those stories broke, and it's important to wrap Bill Cosby up in that because Bill Cosby was, quote-unquote, America's dad. Mm-hmm. That was the lube, and Harvey, Harvey Weinstein was the first dick. Yep. Um, those two stories break, and because the Me Too movement uh, is now trending, all of a sudden, the New York Times feels like, well, this is an important story. Well, let's me. talk about these girls and the sex cult. Yeah, which goes to show you, and, and they had been talking to, as well, federal prosecutors. Mm-hmm. And the FBI, fucking I, they show them on the phone talking about this shit with them. Yep. And they say, well, I don't know where the crime is the fuck you mean you don't know where the crime is also the fact that like okay so uh, yeah your hubby's a journalist one of my you know our close friend is a journalist journalist as well Mm -hmm. we we, i like i have to address this right Mm -hmm. you have been given what truly and truly it absolutely is the story of a fucking lifetime not only a story of a lifetime, but you have people willing to go on record to deal with whatever consequences, as well as physical evidence and and written testimony from multiple fucking people about this. Mm-hmm. It wasn't priority because it wasn't fucking trending. Yep. That is not how this shit should work. The fact of the matter is, is that you have been given this platform to produce and create and push the story out. Mm-hmm. That story, we see that what we see what the outcome of that story is, and we'll get into that in a second. 
But that story creates an actual outcome that is damning, that is very damning. And you see the flood of people leaving Nexium because of it. Mm-hmm. Where I don't understand how a multi-million, a multi-million dollar self-help MLM organization who also has the underlyings of a sex cult does not become a priority until Bill William, I don't know, William James Cosby, <laughs> James in there somewhere, and uh, Harvey Levy uh, uh, Weinstein. Oh, no. Not Levy, wait a minute, not, not Levy. Levy. <laughs> we gotta take that back out. Levi. <laughs> Levi. There we go. Harvey Levi Weinstein. Harvey Levi Weinstein. Because, you know, that nigga's a lawyer and that nigga come for blood. I hate his ass. Oof, me too. I will never get the fact that as a journalistic organization where it is your entire job to bring nothing, to do nothing more than enlighten people to what, what's happening. To bring the news. The on a day-to-day fucking basis mm-hmm. that this kind of organization and what's happening is fucking low priority. But that also shows, I mean, that really speaks to where women and women's safety places as far as priority in the society, right? Mm-mm. Because that speaks to the organizations and how much money they made off of Trump. That too. I was getting there. Because they'll happily put a dead woman on anything to make some Wait, money. I was that's why I was getting there. That's why I said the safe, that's why I said the safety and not the lives of, right? Mm-hmm. Because dead woman always leads, right? Dead woman leads, dead hooker leads, dead, you know. Women, people that present female that are dead will lead. People that present female who are living. Our bottom priority. Well, so then, like, yeah. Well, I mean, that's why, like a body. You know what I mean? There's no concrete. At one most some cases, some, some, some. But even if you think about the way sexual assault is treated versus other crimes, like it's just, and not to saying that that only happens to people that present female, but just the victims are predominantly female presenting victims, mm-hmm. and it's just think about when you talk about rape and sexual assault, just how they're treated versus other crimes, right? Mm. So you have that aspect, and then you add to the fact that now the news is, the news is business at this point. Like, it's no longer about bringing the information to the public. Well, less so about giving the information to the public and more about earning the money to keep the sponsors in, right? Yes, I'm having all kinds of issues. I see it's a lot going on. So it's. I was looking for my jewel and I knocked my mic over. I'm sorry, (laughs) y'all. This is going to be the most ghetto ass ragtag episode of this shit. It's all right. (laughs) Look, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I am very, very drunk and very high. It'd be like that sometimes. But it's like so. milkshake. When you get to the point that it's like, at that time, it's news that wasn't Trump, that wasn't Clinton, that wasn't, you know what I'm saying, that wasn't like their normal grabby stuff, and as women, of course it's low priority to them. That is just so bizarre to me because growing up in the 
growing up in the 90s and watching what pre 24 hour news cycle no the beginning of that where you yeah, also, well we grew up pre 24 hour we saw it happening right yeah because we saw the shift from the and the 24 hour news cycle is when it became we're going to be first we don't give a fuck about accuracy right <sighs> so it's like that's you when it, it shifted more from bringing the information to being the first that you get topped out so just kind of quickly i just kind of quickly and this bears to be said the the whole ass all american detroit fucking free press is garbage mm -hmm. this is the reason why there was a uh, internet internet a twitter conversation regardless whether it was true or not that was being had about a hockey player holding, I believe, his girlfriend hostage. I when remember they were that. Yeah, I remember that. I don't give a single solitary fuck if it was true or not. Because you niggas had the whole ass, all ass, white ass, American audacity mm -hmm. to print, we don't know if this is true or not. Mm -hmm. But we saw it on Twitter. Yep. You are and will always be garbage. That paper is unfucking worthy. It is poorly written. It is nothing more than garbage that I won't even allow in my house. I won't even allow the Detroit Free Press to be used to clean my windows at this point. <laughs> I wouldn't use it to wipe my ass if I was out of toilet paper. And I wouldn't even use it as, as kindling to start the fire if I happen to be camping. I just need to get that out of my spirit because I, I see. do not like you. You are garbage. You are garbage. And you protected questionable people who mm -hmm. were who had precarious interactions with teenagers. I specified it that way for a very specific reason. It was precarious. It was. And they were teenagers. Are these niggas fighting outside my house? Yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> I thought that was you. <laughs> I just heard niggas fighting. I'm like, my God. Right. I just had to do that. And I've been meaning to do that. And that's been in my spirit for a long time. I don't like you. You're poorly written. Poorly written garbage. It's a waste of paper and fucking ink. You're the you're the fucking liberal one in the city. Fuck off. Okay. And actually that's pretty that's actually a pretty good segue into like the mentality of Keith Ranieri. Um he presents and postures himself as as honestly being this kind of liberal liberating figure mm -hmm. but in reality he is a extremely conservative and abusive person yes i also find it very interesting that not a single person in this documentary was queer i know i thought oh no that wait a too. minute the vow had that one less person that one who yeah I'm going to assume she's a lesbian. Yeah. 
but that was it. Mm-hmm. And she, I can't even necessarily say I'm going to assume that she's queer because she didn't. I mean, she, you know, she looked, you know. Outside of a stereotypical looked, aesthetic, nothing about her sad to me. Well, she looked like she could build you a shit. You Again, know? outside of a stereotypical aesthetic, nothing about her said to be. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I feel like I, said I know what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I feel like I have a lot of friends that are her. <laughs> so I'm like, outside oh, I know. Outside of a stereotypical aesthetic. <laughs> I'll say this. Sis is mean with a motherfucking wrench. <laughs> Mama look like she work at Home Depot. Does not mean she enjoys the puss. Bitch, she could work? Just... That bitch manages. She's she, regional director. She's front end manager of the Lowe's down the street. Um, but we don't hear much of a, a dialogue or narrative regarding like queer bodies within Nexium, which is um I mean, really, you don't hear concerning? really you don't hear much of a narrative about anything other than cis hetero white bodies within Nexium. Outside one of that woman. one black woman, that you really one, only like hear cis hetero, like cis het white people. Bitch, you realize that this is what like this is what four hundred years of oppression has got us. Is this is one black woman in the world? I'm very happy there were no other black people involved in that. <laughs> no shade though. You, do you remember when uh, Leah Remini called <laughs> Jada Pinkett out about being a possible? Yes. Sister? Yes. She was like, I just like to learn. And she lists a bunch She's of religions. She's like, I study religions all around the world. I just like to learn. It's like, all right. I'm surprised that she didn't get wrapped up in something like Nexium, but I feel like the red table talk was already beginning production at that point. Yeah, I think it was already started when she didn't have time. (laughs) She found her own space to weaponize the words of healing. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, I'm sorry. That was real shady. I'm sorry. I really, I really do love Jada Pinkett Smith. I do too. Yeah, that was just long hanging fruit. So if you ever, no, I do too. But I also am a no. I love Jada Pinkett Smith, and I, you know, I love her, her mom. I love Willow. I do actually watch Red Table Talk from here, like here and there. Same. But I also have a problem with people who are not qualified to give the information of healing and moving past trauma who are not qualified and equipped to teach those skills trying to do that there's a big difference in speaking from one's own self and one's own experience and saying well no that's kind of what I feel like with Red Table Talk, Jada often, and I say Jada very specifically because I don't feel like Willow or her mom does this. I think Jada Jada often tries to give these like 
teaching and coaching lessons and she's not qualified to do so. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you may have learned what you learned through therapy, but you should. It's just the way she, it's her phrasing sometimes that bothers me because she speaks as if she's coming from a place of expertise when it could just be coming from a place of just, you know, through my eyes, this is what I think. I, I also feel like a lot of it has to do not just with the language, but the tone that she uses, because when she's speaking about these things that she's discovered about herself, she speaks in a very definitive tone. Yeah, it's very like authoritative and very like, it's like a measured authoritative as if somebody who is an expert on a subject, right? Like and it's like, she's Why is another one on there. Ayala is another one that bothers me because she presents herself as an expert in these different types of things and really it's just foolishness that she's done. And it's like, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that Ayala does not make great television because yes. And I'm not saying that maybe somewhere in there something resonates and makes sense, right? Ayala's not dumb. Somewhere in there, something will resonate and make sense. I just think Ayala does, because of the type of people, I think, I feel like with Ayala, it should have stayed with celebrities because I feel like because of some of the people that she reaches out to, she does more harm than good. You know what I'm saying? Like the girl who was, who was stolen from the hospital and like found her mother. You know, some of these people that she- They just posted that on YouTube like last week. I Yeah, I watched it when it initially aired and I was very uncomfortable and it actually made me cry. But it's like some of these people who they rope into doing this, because I know these people walk in under the guise of this person can help me, but her antics and her nonsense really is more harm than good, you know? I mean, how many times can you make people hold like 20 pounds of bricks and dig holes and then cry? That's what I'm saying. Like, it'd be a lot of like antics. It's a whole lot of like showy ass TV antics. And that shit is like, (sighs) I just don't like people who aren't qualified to give mental health advice do that. And that was one of my big problems with Nexium because it's like, you're not qualified to direct these people's lives and you're doing it. And it's almost always to that person's detriment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's for nobody's benefit but Keith's. Exactly. It's like Keith's you're playing with these people's lives because they're vulnerable and you can't. Which is what I feel like people like Ayala Van Sant, who I, again, don't get me wrong, Ayala Van Sant makes great television. Ayala Van Sant, through all the bullshit, has some great words because she's she has a lot of wisdom from the life that she's lived, right? She's lived she a fucking does have a, life. She has a lot of wisdom and a lot of things that she can give to the world and a lot of ways she can help people. I'm not taking any of that away from her, right? As a life coach, she could be fine. She could be completely great because she does have that very loving spirit and she definitely can guide people through, right? It's sure. all the TV antics. It's the TV antics <coughs> that bother me. Yeah. And because these people come, a lot of these people, not the celebrities necessarily. I mean, some of them do, but not really. The celebrities is kind of whatever, but it's like these regular people who come to you thinking you can help and you come to them presenting TV antics. Like, I feel like there's definitely some 
situation, she should have turned it down. I would, I would definitely, I definitely agree on that. Yeah, I feel like there are a lot of situations that are a lot of topics and subjects that are brought to that show. That uh, shouldn't be. At all. That really shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, and it does feel exploitive. Mm-hmm. I do believe in some of the some of the kind of crazier shit that she does, despite me mocking it. Um, because there is something to to be said about putting a physical action with an emotion. Very much especially so. when it comes to like releasing it. So like when she made that nigga like dig a hole and then lie face first and and like let it out in there. Yeah. I I am a person who definitely believes in those things because yeah. when you're not taught to communicate that kind of shit. You yeah. have to figure out how to get that out in a different kind of way. How to get the emotional shit yeah. out, and you because you're taught yeah. to be a physical being. Yeah, no, all her antics weren't ridiculous. Just, there was something to it. It was just a lot of TV shit too. Like, there is, there and is. that's the thing. It's like all so there's some. If you want to go the holistic route to therapy, her methods and her the things that she did actually really work because there is something to be said to putting a physical emotion, a physical action to an emotion. Other people punch the air, right? Also, That's, this is done in like a one to three day time period. Exactly. So if that's what I'm saying. That's why it becomes antics because it then becomes a whole lot of doing nonsense yeah. and no talking because you're doing this shit in two to three days, not over the course of three, six, nine months like normal yeah. people do. These niggas is out here jazzercising and shit and all these exactly. things. Exactly. That and that's when it turns into it's just a light workout with most mostly conversation. And that's yeah, what no. I said. And that's the thing about Red Table Talk, because Red Table Talk tends to divulge a lot into Jada having these weird ass self-actualizing monologues that don't have shit to do with what the fuck they're talking about. And then everybody else is nodding like fucking idiots agreeing with. They just continue. They continue the conversation because when it comes to acting and probably you never say no, you just keep going. right. Exactly, because like she has this long ass self actualizing monologue in the middle of every, every fucking conversation, and then it just keeps going like it never happens. It's like what the fuck did we just do that for? I just wasted three minutes of my damn time because she wanted to have this whole ass moment, and y'all not even gonna acknowledge what the fuck she said, like. <laughs> It's just like, yeah, I can't agree with that. They're like, okay, let's pick it up from here and just keep going. Right. And if these ain't that much self actualization in the world, you're not finding some big ass self, like, wandering ass discovery every fucking episode. Like, I just don't understand. <laughs> Do you remember? I think it was a, uh, it was probably last year when I don't know what this little white girl did. I don't even know who this little white girl is, but some little white girl did something that was offensive, uh, obviously. And they were going to bring her on Red Table Talk. And instead of bringing her on Red Table Talk, they just had a conversation about bringing her on Red Table Talk. Oh, wait, no. So, wait, I know exactly what you're talking about. You're talking about um, Olivia Jade, right? Oh, that's it. Lori Loughlin's daughter. She did eventually end up there. Uh, but Becky. all yeah, the part her. that got 
All the part that we talked about was the whole conversation about having her there. She did come that episode. Oh, did she? Yeah, because I, I was like, I watched it just to see. She did come, but nothing she said was that interesting. The more interesting part was watching them have the conversation about her coming because Jennifer is like, why the fuck is we doing this? <laughs> I see. Which is exactly what I was saying. Like, why the fuck are we doing this? (laughs) Like, y'all made a whole episode about talking about this girl coming. You niggas are going to run this into the ground. You better come out of fire and make your dollars, girl. No, she wasn't there that episode. Okay. I did not know. Because all I saw was Grammy being like, well, why the hell is she here? Interesting part. Like she can take her ass to Good Morning America with this bullshit. Which I was like, yeah, why aren't you on Good Morning America? You thought the old black women were going to be kind to you, girl? Because well, see, that's the thing. Jada was, and Jada did that typical shit that older black people do, where it's just like, oh, come on, white girl, we we hear you're sorry. Now, granted, Olivia Jade was like. Olivia J didn't do anything, right? She didn't. She herself didn't do anything outside of being oblivious to... Let's be honest. She admitted herself. She said she never wants to go with college. She yeah. wanted to go full force into content creation and entertainment. Outside of being oblivious to what goes on in the world, she didn't do anything. No. So... She had, she wasn't there on no, like, she was just there, like, through this, I've been able to recognize my own privilege, right? Through this, I've been able to, and it's like, and I was like, I, for me, and this is why that episode really annoyed me, especially, well, two reasons why that particular episode annoyed me. One, because Jenny kept on, I don't want to do to white women what was always done to me, and I was like, Ugh. This is I hate that. I hate that shit. I mean, this is that. That was that was her continual rebuttal to her mom because her mom kept saying, "Why the fuck is she coming here? Like she can go anywhere." And Jada kept saying, "I want to be an open space because I don't want to do to white women what they did to me." And I'm just like, "Jada, shut the fuck up!" Like whenever I hear shit like that, I'm just like, "You've been rich too long." I just heard Grammy being like, well, why the hell are we doing this? Like, I could be outside smoking a Salem and drinking my Cyanac shit. Now, but fuck then also... Oh, I'm sorry, not Cyanac. Drinking my uh, my fresh green juice. Because you know Granny is drinking green juice. Yeah, because her abs her hyaluronic is acid, vitamin C. Because <laughs> she got her abs is popping and I ain't got an ab to be seen. Girl, but, uh... is the ab verb? Yes. <laughs> got plenty of those. <laughs> take all that shit. And then the other part that pissed me off about that conversation was just her talking about, yeah, well, I learned in my privilege and I learned, and it's because the re- it's not so much that she's talking what she's learned about it, she's not going to fuck with that. But it's more because it felt like she was placing her healing of some sort, i.e. the, the healing of, of her public image on the backs of Black women. Yeah. And that just really got on my nerves. That's why I said this conversation, and that's why I said this conversation isn't about that, but this this conversation is about that, but it isn't about that. Like what we're really talking about here is it's a regardless of race thing at this point, because what you were doing was buying into these 
um, Ivy League schools in a way, not that you can't already buy into an Ivy League school, but in a way that the school and that the government finds which is bullshit. But nonetheless, because you can still buy into an Ivy League fucking school. Let's be honest. That conversation, but it has, has to be in the way to that do only with the school and the federal government profits, not the way that finds acceptable profit and profit from. Yep, yep. And that conversation, that conversation, to some degree, could have something to us, but in the context of Aunt Becky, with, without Uncle Jesse living long with her new husband and her two kids, had absolutely positively unequivocally nothing to do with us and she drug her white ass up there to red table talk and i'm like well why we don't need to be the people to accept apologies from anybody any fucking more and who are you who are you to accept any kind of an explanation or apology from anybody from any non-black person for any fucking thing this ain't even got nothing to do with us. Exactly. Ain't got this nothing is, to do with us. This is not our fight to fight. That was never our fight to fight. Well, right. speaking about fights to fight, so um, Keith gets arrested yes. in Mexico and gets deported. We got to <laughs> back to rapping. All right. <laughs> Get this shit done some kind of way. And Keith, it, Keith was up to a certain degree fighting the good fight. Um, there were small groups of, of uh, Nexium members who stayed after, I don't want to call it the Great Migration, because I use that when I'm talking about Black people moving from pork to smoked turkey. Um, uh, the, the Great Exit. <laughs> oh my God, I can't. <laughs> uh, there were a ton of Nexium members who left after all of this, after the mm-hmm. article and after the feds, despite despite having the information repeatedly giving to them. Um, well before, but you know. Well before, but you know, they couldn't find what the crime was. Mm-hmm. Until the New York Times decided that it was... That it was newsworthy. That it was fucking newsworthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <sighs> fucking trash, I tell you. Fucking <laughs> um yeah, so Keith ends up being arrested. Uh they find his ass. So I would say earlier they you know Lauren Salzman has machine guns pointed to her head. She's like cowering on the ground, you know, based on the animated re- uh reproduction that they reproduction gave. Of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck hiring like these motherfuckers said. No, we're gonna save money. Like, we're, we're acting, <laughs> acting, bitch. <laughs> we're not giving you any like reenactors. We're gonna give you some good ass, like well drawn and interesting animation. Like the little mini, right? Interesting. I was like, that's a smart way to save on your budget and to give it some real depth and real heart. Mm-hmm. Um. <clears throat> So they show one of his ass cowering in the closet, looking like, as I said earlier. <laughs> Those animations were very funny to me. I know, because that's why I said Elliot Gonzalez, because I remember when yes. I remember seeing that. Like, yes, live me too. 
and this is such a really fucked up ass example and seeing him like as a child like weeping and trying to cling to i think it was his cousin like that was the exact same look on keith renew's face based on this artist interpretation mm-hmm. yeah and it shows just how much of like truly a weak man he actually yeah like it's like in reality he's really a very very weak person because it's like he he needed he created authority through manipulation yeah because he was genuinely afraid of authority Mm -hmm. and it's like all of the women that love did that shit literally until deals were starting to be made which we can get into that soon too but they like you see the these animations of and india is talking about how certain members like have guns on them and he's like hiding in the fucking closet yeah yeah so keith gets his ass brought back to america and the trial begins and everyone, it seems like everyone turns on Keith except for Allison. Like, they don't really talk much about Allison's testimony. I feel yeah. like she might not have even testified. I don't think she did. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken, she didn't testify. Well, so India was, um, oh my God, what was the word for it? Because she was actually in whatever the warrant or whatever paperwork it was. Um, so Keith Raniere was named and then it was like assailant A that was supposed to be Allison Mack and then assailant B that was India. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because of the um, television campaign and this, we talked about this last week too, the television campaign and Catherine's continued work to not only get India out of here, out of Nexium, but also prove and show that India is a victim of some kind of coercion, that mm-hmm. definitely boded well in her favor because India ends up being taken off of the paperwork and end up being turned into a witness for the yeah, prosecutor. So she talks about not being able to be in the actual trial itself because she was um, she was one of the state's witnesses, the feds' mm-hmm. witnesses. Uh, but we hear the recountments of what Keith has done, and Lauren Salzman talks about how Keith would put women against each other um, until they were hungry dogs. I believe that's the word she used. Yeah. Um, they go back over Daniela, and that's when we really find out about Daniela and her sister being pregnant and getting an abortion. Um, they do just a little bit of an overview of DOS. We find out that Keith has been found guilty. Yeah. And it ends there on Seduced. We yeah. haven't gotten to sentencing yet. However, with the vow, the vow has ended at Keith being arrested. So, like I said before, anime terms. So the vow is the main series for this, right? 
So Seduce is the light novel that focuses on more of the details of Indian Oxenberg, and it ends just past the end of the main series. So hopefully we'll see if there's a Vow season two. I'm pretty sure there's going to be. Um, I think in real life, Keith Raniere just got sentenced to... I'm looking now. I'm looking now. He was convicted June 19th of 2019. His It just says that his early possible release is June 27, 2120, because that's when he comes up for parole. Okay. That's... Hmm. 120 I, I, years in prison and there we go. $1.75 million fine. So Keith Raniere's in jail for life. Yeah. Is he don't role. come up. He came in his earliest possible release date, release date is 2020. It's 2120. So. Oh, 21. I thought you said 2021. I was like. No, 2120. Oh, oh yeah. Well, you know. Don't send them. I almost said send the nigga snacks. Don't send that nigga snacks. He don't deserve snacks. Send us <laughs> snacks. <laughs> well, I think that pretty much wraps yeah. up. Wow. That's um, about it. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, definitely watch the buttons to do. I'm sure there's more details that we missed. There was a lot. That There's happened. so much I feel going like on. It's, it's so hard to keep it all together. Yeah. 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 But cults are uh, trash, and here we are. Well, men are trash, and that's okay. <laughs> unfortunately, not okay, but you know, we're just like gotta be better people. Yeah. Um. Well, thanks for listening, y'all. Um. All right. This has been a journey and adventure. Um. Sorry if we put y'all through some shit with all the details, but yeah, sorry. I mean, I was triggered too, so sorry, y'all. Shit, you think this is a lot? Do not watch the show. <laughs> yeah, but um, uh, Midwest is the best West. Fuck the West Coast. I just want to say that. <laughs> We enjoy the West Coast. Peace. No, I enjoy the West Coast. No, there's just a rant. I just have a rant in my spirit about like people from the West Coast and the East Coast moving to the Midwest and then like mocking the people. And then mocking the people from the Midwest. Culture. Yeah. It's like, then why the fuck are you here? Like, why you did you come probably here? Probably collect your things and take your punk ass back to where you were. Yeah. Oh, wait. You niggas ran up your rent too high in these places. So now you can no longer afford it. So now you're going to move here <laughs> well the little like you get your ass whooped here out of anywhere in the world yep you will get your ass whooped here like seriously like more than anywhere in the world like niggas will just be like you say what time is it and they'll be like what it smacked the shit out of you for no reason <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm not even like I've seen. I've seen that. I've like I've dead ass seen that. Where it's just like I, yes, you just smack wait, this I man think we should end this for no reason. It becomes incriminating. We should end this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to thanks for listening, y'all. Um, uh, every Wednesday we do a live show over on my IG, and that's Lee from the underscore D. Um, Siobhan is uh, trying to be a part of the Sephora. 
influencer club. Is that what it's called? Sephora Squad. Sephora. Sephora Squad. Me influencer club. <laughs> <laughs> like a fucking old man. <laughs> Devon's going out for the Sephora squad, so make sure you click the link in her bio on her IG. That IG is fashionably now, and then you'll find the link to write fashionably a underscore now. Oh, bitch! Fashionably underscore now. I'm sorry. Uh, ooh, don't want to sing you to the wrong bitch. She's not a <laughs> some white girl that's like, I don't know who these people are, but that's great. Yeah, no, don't don't go to her because I'm better than her. <laughs> I don't even know who it is. <laughs> Um, yes, she's going out for the Sephora squad. Um, plus, click the link in both of our bios for all of the bullshit we do. Um, also, the video that I was talking to y'all about has finally came out, and I'm gonna do just a few clips of it up on uh, my IG for probably my story, really. Um, but that was with Jade and XD, and I'm super happy and, and, and like super appreciative and it was such a fucking good time and jade felt like jade felt like a girl from here and i felt like i was just hanging out with my friends so i loved it (laughs) (laughs) um but that video is up on their patreon just make sure to attach yourselves to that seven dollar tier um you niggas can only do it for a month if you want that's fine they wouldn't mind (laughs) they'd be like oh these niggas is paying extra seven dollars for the month cool (laughs) Um, I think that wraps it up, y'all. We'll see you next week. Bye.